Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. You said you're glad to be in church? I want to share something around tithes and offerings, and we're going to do something cool, and then we're going to get into the Word. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9.11 says this, yes, which I like. I like just a solid yes. I never love any scripture that just starts with no. Right? Just, just no. I don't need a no in my life. I want a yes. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Awesome. Top me up, baby. That's what I'm looking for. Top me up. And when, you, and when we take your gifts to those in need, they will thank God. I love that. That's awesome. Except, I think for a lot of people, God gives you something. You hold on to that something thinking that that something belongs to you. And you're actually called to be a blessing. And he gave you so much that you could be a blessing to other people. He gave you so much that you can help others. And some people have become so spiritually minded. I remember a pastor said to me, he said, Andrew, don't worry about everyone. Some people are so spiritually minded, they're no earthly good anymore. Right? They, they've got this, they've got this, they live somewhere out there in the clouds. It's like all praying in tongues and, and, and something that should have happened, but they never do anything right here, right now. And God gives you something right here, right now, so that you can be a blessing right here, right now. Because there are some people out there who need what you have. They need that word of encouragement that you have. They need that piece of scripture that God's highlighted. They need that. They need it more than that. Maybe you even needed it. They, there's somebody who needs a meal out there. There's somebody who, who desperately, his name's Andrew, he needs coffee, right? Like there, there's somebody who's always desperately looking for something, trusting God for something, and often you have it, and it's for them, and he wants to enrich you so that you can be a blessing to others. And so I, I for a long time, used to wonder, why have I got nothing? Why have I never got, why other people always got something for me, but I've never got anything for anyone else? And the truth of the matter is, it's because I never took a step of faith and gave to anyone else. If you want to see what God can do in your life, you're going to have to step out and do something for somebody else. right? You're going to have to trust Him. That's what faith is. You're going to have to step out and say, I don't know how I'm going to afford this thing, but I'm going to do this thing and it's going to happen for me. Amen? I want to encourage you as you give because we can get disheartened. We can. A lot of the time we give and we're just going like, is it? Is it happening? Is it worth it? Is, is what's happening here? Like, is it, where, when is the release for me? But we just trust God and we, we, we don't just do something for some, so that we get something back. We do it because we trust Him and we step out and we want people to know about Him. Amen? Amen? When it's a gift that God's given you and you give it away, they thank God. If you want the thanks, I think you've missed it. This is about somebody getting to thank God. When somebody blesses you so much, you go, wow, how? Like, how did that even happen? There's got to be a sense of awe and wonder that returns when God blesses you and you stop seeing man and you start seeing God, right? It belongs to him. It came from him. He gets the glory. Amen? Come on, bow your heads. I want to pray for you quick. Father, I thank you for every person in this room who's just wanting to be a generous person. I pray that you would give them the faith to trust you, to step out even when it doesn't make sense. Bless them, I pray, in their finance, in their business. Let it be, God, that everything they do brings you glory. Let it be that as they become generous, more comes, more comes, that they continue to see the blessing of God flow through them. 
And we honor you for all that we have. We recognize this evening, Lord, that it comes from you. And as we give, for some of us, as we tithe, we return to you what belongs to you. And we honor you. We put you first in this place. In Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen. amen. I want to do something real quick, if you'd allow me. Um, if you are a dad in the house, firstly, happy Father's Day to you. Um, I wonder if you'd do me a favor. If you are a dad, could you just stand to your feet and just allow us to honor you just for a moment? I know you're thinking, I hate this guy. What is he doing to me? I hate this public everything. If you're a dad, if you would stand to your feet. Um, we've got just something we want to give you. Jojo, uh, at the back there, if you want to. We've got a little gift that we want to give you quickly. Just because you're a dad. And then I want to share some stuff with you. Um, I know you're feeling like, I shouldn't have come. Why am I standing? And once you, once you receive your gift, you can go straight ahead and you can open it. And, and you, can, you can immediately start to show the guys around you, this is what I've got. And, and if it's better than the person next to you, you can brag about that. And if yours sucks, that's okay. That's okay. There's always got to be one in the room. <clears throat> What'd you get? Oh, there you go. What have we got? Did you get something half decent? Oh, dear. Anything reasonable? We've got a G-clamp up the back. <laughs> oh, we've got some long nose pliers. It's good. Most people are like, what have I actually... A tape measure. You want, you need it. He needs another one. Happy Father's Day. You deserve something awesome. Um, yeah, come on, give it up for all the dads in the house. I wrote down a couple of things about dads, which just is awesome. And the truth of the matter is, um, the reason we got you that gift is because sometimes you just behave like a tool. And every tool needs a tool, right? And so uh, we just wanted to, to bless you guys. Your, your strength and your resilience and your determination, uh, your willingness to never give up uh, is contagious, as a dad, I don't think you always realize that. We don't say it enough, uh, but you always provide and you always protect and you always give and you always encourage. And, and so we just, we just want to thank you for what you do. Sometimes we see it, we don't say it. And so we want to honor you. I wrote this down. In, in your presence, dads, uh, there's a safety that is given that allows us to dream and a freedom to pursue those dreams. You provide that much for us. Uh, you guys have a way of disciplining us and at the same time showing us that you love us. And that's weird, especially when we get that smack on the backside. Uh, your jokes are terrible, but your sense of humor is the best, right? Uh, we love you beyond measure. Uh, without, without great dads, the world would suck. And with great dads, we can change the world. And so today we honor you and we say thank you for all that you do for the things that are seen, for the things that are unseen. Thanks for being that tool. Thanks for being that idiot. Thank you for being that person who always makes us laugh. Uh, thank you for the bad jokes, right, that don't make sense. Only to you they make sense. Uh, but we just love you guys, and you guys are amazing. Um, so I just wonder if we could pray for all the dads in the room. So, Father, I just want to lift up every dad in the room. Uh, they pay a huge price, a huge price. They do so much. They go over and above. And we love them. We thank you for them. In the world we live in where, where things are tough to be a dad, I just pray that by your, by your spirit you would strengthen them, give them the courage to continue to stand for all that they believe in, 
no matter what comes their way, that you would protect them and their families. Anoint them afresh. Fill them up, I pray. Give them new dreams, fresh vision, and more terrible jokes in Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement, you can say amen, amen, amen. Hey, just because it is Father's Day and because you are a tool and because you've got a tool, I decided to title the message, Be a Tool, But in the Hands of God. Right? Be a tool, but in the hands of God. And, uh, you know, in business, it's interesting. Um, I think we agree that the right tool for the job is imperative. It's super important. Outside of church, we know that. We know that the right tool for the job is a must. Amen? Like hair dryers to heat up the bathtub don't always work, right? Sometimes causes a bit of harm. Butter knives as screwdrivers, dads. They cause electrical shortages. Shifting spanners. If ever you've worked on a car, shifting spanners, not using the correct spanner, will allow you the freedom to lose all your knuckles. Right? And an iron, instead of a hair straightener, sometimes comes with third-degree burns. Ladies, try it. I'm just saying. The right tool for the job will result. It makes the job more enjoyable, right? And it does give you a better purpose. Are you with me? Why? Because it has a purpose. It was designed on in the hands with a purpose. And it's vital for success if the tool is in the hand of the right person, the skilled person. And you were created a certain way. And in the hands of God, you were created and he can use you for the most incredible things. Some of us, however, we were created and we're amazing, but we just, we get used in the wrong areas. And then we wonder why things don't turn out great. And it's, it's so strange to me because when we talk about tools, it makes perfect sense. We talk about the people of God and we talk about uh, when, as soon as we add people into the mix and we add people into church in the mix, now suddenly everything becomes murky. It's okay when I know a hammer is used to hit something. But when I get into church, now suddenly I don't fit in. I don't know what to do. It's awkward. I don't know. I'm unsure. Why is that? Why is it okay for there to be a correct tool for the job, but when it comes to church, people are unhappy with what they can do. They always want something else. It's interesting, right? As soon as you're doing something, you you start to notice somebody else. I'd love to be able to... Well, I wish I wasn't like... I wish I didn't have to preach. I wish I could just sit at the back and deal with computers. It's just that every time I touch the computer, the computer breaks. Now, that's not a me thing. That's just the wrong tool, right? We need something different. And so I want to show you something quickly. Um, the Apostle Paul, he, he, he talks about this. And he, and he does it in quite a funny way. Like, I like the way he does it. But he's actually being quite serious. And if you get your head around this, it's going to help you. And if you don't, you will forever be frustrated in church. Forever. Until you get your head around this. Right? First Corinthians says this, the human body has many parts, in case you weren't sure about that. But the many parts make up a whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. That is important. We are all different, but we're all part of the same body. Yes? 14. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. 
If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that make it any less part of the body? Imagine your foot just saying, I'm out. I'm not doing this thing. You st- you, I'm, every, my, all your weight is on me. I'm done with this thing. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? What is he saying? It doesn't matter what you say that you are. It's what God says that you are and what you're part of. We don't like that. I want to be an eye or I want to be a mouthpiece or I want to be, you know, I always think there is one thing that I think many people just are. There's one body part. I just meet them and I'm like, you are just that thing. You are just that thing. But our bodies have many parts. Verse 18, and God has put each one where he wants it, where he wants it. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what he thinks. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Imagine. Yeah, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem uh, weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. For a long time, I've done church where people think that what I'm doing now is the, is the part that's the most necessary. It's not. It's not. It doesn't matter how great the worship team is. Turn the words off. None of you know the words. We all need those words. The minute those words go down, we start praying in tongues. Right? And we look around like, I was making sure I'm not the only one. Let's have a look. Yep. M also sucks. I feel better. Yeah, I mean, Luke, he's in the worship team. He doesn't know the words either. That makes me feel good. The parts that we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we actually, we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while more honorable parts do not require special care. So God has put the body together such that honor and care is given to those parts that have less dignity. I hate that, but that's how it is. I don't love that either. I'm like, why, why do some people get more care than others? Why does somebody get more, look like they get more honor than somebody else? Why does that happen for them but not for me? And I always feel like I draw the short straw just so that you feel better. I always do right? Verse 25, and this is important, this makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. Bank that, remember that. This is the part. This is the point of this whole thing. We are different. We're part of the same thing, but we are different. We all have different roles. We all have different functions. Some people look like they get more than others. It doesn't matter. The point of it is that we would begin to care for one another, If one part suffers, they've fallen away from God and we should just pray for them to come back. If they're going through a tough time, it must be because they sinned too much. It must be because they've messed up too much. No, that's not what it says. It says when somebody goes through a tough time, we all go through a tough time. When somebody's doing great, we celebrate what's great in their life. When somebody gets an increase in church, we go, well, let's just see if they'll honor God. Man, thank you for that. Why can't you just say, wow? But you're not. You're mad that they got what you wanted. And if, and if they drift, you're like, well, that'll teach them. 
money got him. No, dude. Pick up the phone, make sure they're okay. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is part of it. It's just, wow, it's actually awesome how he writes it. And the thing is, uh, society is trying to redefine things that they don't accept or like. That's the world we live in right now. Society is trying to define it. And we best be careful that it doesn't creep into the church or our homes or our businesses. It's certainly already in the schools. So it's a timing thing. They're starting to define things, redefine things. They tell you what is and what isn't. And God's saying, no, no, no. Who are you to decide how this thing works? I decide how I created it. We don't get to decide. That's not for us to decide. The world is trying to create a social construct where they can dictate to people what they can and can't be. I identify as, what do you identify as? Go on. Go, tell me what you identify as because I can see what you look like. I don't care what you identify as. You can tell me you're a dog, you can bark. I don't care. I don't care what you identify as. I care what God says. And the, the quicker we get back to what He says, not what, how you feel about it, the better off everyone's going to be. But we can't walk around. I got an email the other day. I emailed back. This is true. I, emailed, I got an email back saying, you've addressed me incorrectly. I said, well, what do you mean? I spelled your name right. I'm a him, her. So I just responded to their email. I deleted their whole email and said, hi, so-and-so. Now I've done it right. You can't delete my email. I can do whatever I want if you can do whatever you want. You don't tell me what I can or can't say. I decide what I can and can't say. If you don't like it, don't email me. And that's true for everyone, even in this room. Don't email me that. I have a delete button, and I like it. I can do it, right? They want to break up the family unit. They want to, they want to remove dads from the mix. Why do you want to remove dads from the mix? Because it cripples society when we do it. What happens? Fact, the Bible tells me they're people. I don't need you to redefine it for me. But they're allowed to be sons and daughters, and they're allowed to grow up into mighty men and women. They're allowed to. And the world is pushing this thing on us, and the church is going, I hear your point. I don't hear your point. You hear their point. I don't hear their point. I'm not interested in it. Slowly it's getting. My issue is that the church is starting to accept it. The body of Christ is starting to agree with it. No, we have to be tolerant. I'm, I'm intolerant. Baby, that's why I'm a Christian. I don't tolerate anything. It's the Bible or it doesn't exist to me. They can have the same view. I don't mind. You can say it exists to me, not the Bible. I'm fine with that. As long as that's fair. But I'm not moving off the mark. And you better make a decision about how you do it. Because eventually they start small and they will just chip away. Those that have gone before us have warned us about this for years and years and years and years. And everybody just sat back and went, well, you know, not in this church, really. Okay, we'll find out. We'll find out. The people of God were not called to fit in. We were called to take over. And I don't know why we're trying to fit in. Everything about the Bible doesn't make us fit in. We don't have to accept it. We shouldn't accept it. You should take a stand. And you should fight back. They don't have to decide, Andrew, you're not a man. Bro, come here, I'll show you. 
Let's go. We go private, we go public, however you want to do this, you don't decide. I'm telling you what it is. Amen? Mm. Come on, we have a purpose. And there's something unique that you were designed to do. And part of the way he put you together, as weird as you are, is so that somebody else can come to know how incredible he is. And there's a way that you're going to reach your world that somebody else can't. And I know you're thinking, but I don't fit in. Good. Good. Welcome to church. None of us fit in. Look around. This is God's plan. These guys are going to change the world. I look in the mirror. I'm like, I think they can. I just feel like I bring the average way down. It's tough. It's not easy to be a Christian. But I've said before, you want easy hit mackers. That's easy. It's time we stop looking at what others are doing. Stop worrying about what everyone else in church is doing. I wish I could sing like Raven. I wish I could sing like Beck. Come and sing. Forget about trying to sound like Raven. Forget about sounding like Beck. Just come and sing. Come and sing. I, I hate you. think you've got a bad. I've got to stand right here. I, can, I sing and she looks at me. Don't, don't do that. She, she called me a technical difficulty this evening. Like, she's like, no, bro, stop that. Come on, there's a unique call on your life. Are you responding to it? I remember when, when, when I was young, uh, I would hear my mother. I never understood this. My mother would be in the room, Andrew! And I'd go, yep, don't say yep, come here. Hold up, whoa. You were the one who started this. I was completely okay in my bedroom. I was fine. You, go, Andrew? Yep. Oi, come here. Don't, don't shout back at me. What? What? Why must I come to you? And you can hear your dad. Hey, that's your mother. Oh, no, 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 no. There was never a debate about that. No, that I knew. I ne- there was never a moment where I was like, that ain't my mother. Why are you shouting at me? Go see your mother. I'm going to go see my mother. It's just, I can't understand. She wanted to see me. And then I'll go there. Yep. And she'll go clean your room. Like I could have been done already. Why are you shouting? And I don't understand that. I've always thought, man, when I'm a parent, if you're a parent, do it. If it happened to you, do it back. Like get your own back. But when God calls you, we go, yep. And he's saying, I'm calling you to reach the world. No, I'm responding to that. No, 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 get going. Yes, I hear you. I hear you. Move. Yeah, I'm just trusting for a second word from the Lord. (laughs) Well, I wrote it down, I guess, but I need a text and an email. Like I want audible. I want to hear. Andrew. Right? What are we waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? People who wait for long enough lose their identity in the gap. That's why I always tell somebody when they give their life to the Lord, what's the first thing you do? Come and understand what you just did, right? That's what's next. That's why it exists. Come and understand what that decision means and what your next step is. Why is it important to have a next step? Because if you don't start moving, you're going to die in that place. You, you must move. 
You have to keep going. There is always more. It's like people who go, I've read the Bible cover to cover. Okay. Like, I wish I had an app. I could just press slow clap. Go. Just go. I just want to slow clap for them right there. There's your reward. Slow clap. There, listen. I don't care how many times you read the Bible. Apply something. Then talk about what you've read. Do something with what you've read. Who cares how many times you've read the Bible? Every time I read the Bible, I'm convinced that God is adding different stuff in. Because I'm like, that was not there, bro. I, I looked. I read it. It wasn't there. And you read and you go, what? How? How? doesn't matter how many times I fix it on my iPad. He keeps spelling baptizing wrong. Matthew 28. Came and told the disciples. Told. If you wouldn't mind, if it suits you. Go therefore make disciples. So there's a, there's a command to obey. We give our life to Jesus. We don't, obey that, we don't obey what he asks next. It's like I want heaven without anything else. I just want the easy road. How do I, how do I give my life to the Lord? And then just how do I just hit cruise control from that point forward? And whilst you might be okay, there's a million people out there who are not. They're not okay. And we have to do something about that. Are you doing all that you can do with what God has given you? Or do you spend more time looking at what you don't have or what others have? When I've got enough money, I'm going to bless somebody. No, 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 no. Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to bless that person. I'm going to trust you. I want to share something with you. I, uh, I had the, the opportunity to bless somebody recently. And uh, it was cool. I got to explain to the person why I was blessing them. And it was just, just a fun experience. And, and it's something, don't, don't for one second think, man, Andrew's just got this thing sorted. It's not true. I also battle it. As soon as I hear God say, I want you to bless that person. I've got a million, it could have been the radio. Maybe it's just my mind, right? Because he never, ever asks me to do anything with something that's free. Never. He just doesn't do it. It's always like, I want you to take what you've got, Andrew. I want you to give it away. I want to pray about it. I'm going to seek you about this. I want confirmation. I want, I want four pastors to tell me. And then I'll make sure I only know three of them. Right? Like, like I do anything. And so I had this opportunity, and I, and I got to bless this person. And, and then I went and did some, I had to do some filming, which I'm just super passionate about. But I had to go and do this filming thing. And then when I climbed in the car, I, I immediately jumped in. And at, at my feet is this check, which I lost. In fact, I lost it so long ago, like I've got the piece of paper that you, there was like that, a piece of paper that it attached. I took it off that piece of paper and all I've got is that piece of paper left. It was so annoying because I need the other half. Lose that bit, but I actually wanted the bit that has the money attached. And I lost it. I searched the car. Uh, I've looked at the other car. I had to empty that car because I took it in for repairs. I've done everything. And, and, and when I climbed in the car, that check is at my feet. How? It cannot just get there. When I climbed out, my feet were there previously. Like my feet generally stay where the pedals are. They're just, just like a natural thing. When I climb in the car, the pedals are there. My feet go there. If, it, if my feet had been there, it would have damaged the check. The check is perfect. 
I don't know how God does what he does, but sometimes you're never going to be blown away until you do something with what he's asked you to do. It was a challenge for me, right? It was a challenge for me, but I had to step out and try, and I'm still confused. But I care way, way, way less about what I gave away and way more interested in how do you do that, Lord? How is that possible? How? How do you do it? And we've lost that sense of wonder and, and awe. Like, like when he does something, we go, wow. But some of us, it's happened so long ago that he's done something in our life that we've forgotten how incredible he is. Because we spend more time watching what others are doing than ever doing something with the little we have. Amen? The Apostle Paul says this. He says, we're, we are to function as a body, as a unit, as a team. We're supposed to celebrate each other's differences. Verse 25, this makes for harmony among the members. I wanna, I, I've tried this before. I don't think anyone's listened. I'll try it again. I want, if you could, Uncle George, you've got a hammer. You can do it first. Um, but what I want you to do is just take, go home, pop your hand on the kitchen counter, just in, choose any one of the fingers. I just want you to take the hammer and just once, just on any choice of any finger, right? Anyone, doesn't have to be on, you can pick the finger, right? A thumb's a good, always a good one. But as, as hard as you can, if you can hear a crunch or crack or see something burst. Just, but then I want you to see whether it is humanly possible for you to go, well, it's on you, bro. Let, just ignore it. No pain, don't go there. It's impossible impossible. The minute you hit that finger, everything in the world, it does no longer exist. I was hungry. I'm not hungry anymore. Uh, I was going to phone that person. I don't care about that person anymore. Right? I was, I was just thinking about reading the Bible. Couldn't care less about God in that moment if I tried. I don't care about anyone or anything. All I want is just to sit in a ball and rock <laughs> and squeal. <laughs> And, and, and you're fighting this urge in your head. The swear words are spinning. But out you're like, I'm going to control this tongue. I'm going to control this tongue. And then you're like, you, you can't do it. When something hurts in your body, everything goes toward it. But in the body, somebody hurts and you're like, oh, great. Now I have to make lasagna. They had a kid. Great. Now I have to join some train thing. I have to give up another night of the week to make them what? What do I need to make them? What does, this, what does this person need now that they didn't need last night? They've got a baby. It's not a disability. It's a baby. <laughs> Why? And are they producing all the food that they need for that kid themselves? Now suddenly I've got to make them a burger. And I don't want to make them a burger. And why is the person always going to live far away from me? What if I, maybe if I pay somebody, maybe if I give Joe, I'll give Joe some money and she can make a burger and then she can bless them, right? We'll find any excuse to do anything other than love on people. I'd love to, it's just I've got an appointment. What? What appointment have you got? What? What, what is stopping you from being a blessing? What is stopping you from seeing the need, the hurt, the pain, and for being there? What does it cost you while you're making the lasagna? What does it cost you to just text somebody? It's free now. You've already paid in advance. What does it cost you to love somebody now? Nothing. And that's what we're supposed to be at the, in the body. But we don't. We just, see, we just see people and we just go, well, I'm sure, I'm sure M will get there. M will do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Em will do it. She's a blessing. Father, thank you that she's such a blessing. No, you do it. Amen? That's the sign of the body is working together, that we care for one another. That's what he's saying. The whole point of this is when we care, that's proof that the body is functioning correctly. Yes? And the world needs us to function as a body, not just a group of individuals. Everyone's got to do their bit. Everyone's got to play their part. And you might think, yeah, but my, what I've got to give is, 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 like, I hear people all the time, well, I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. Bonus. I hate kids. Like, I've got them, but I hate them. Right? Just, I hate them. I've got 17, and they're just, they're horrible. All of them. Not interested in, in having, I don't want to go to kids' church. Hate computers. Hate them. And I'm not sitting on a camera. Oh. I'll just pray about it. Move a chair. Wipe something down. Make the place awesome for other people. But we think that that's less. We start ranking it in our mind. Oh, that person does it, then that person. There's, there's, and I know how it works. It's like, there's, there's, get involved. No, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I've heard that many times. Who asked you to preach? Like, there's the preacher, and then somehow, somewhere down here is a worship team and a kid's church, and then, and then everything else. And what you've done is you've minimized what God has never minimized. You minimized it. And you get the reward for that. I clean toilets, pack chairs. Why? Because I'm better at that than singing. I don't think it's true. The worship team says that. When I sing, I can see how many tone-deaf people there are, right? I can sing. I've been in the shower when I've done it. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I don't want to do it now, but I am good. But I find the thing that I can do, and it's not insignificant. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Amen? And so here's the thought. I wonder what would happen if everyone in the body of Christ just put everything aside and said, God, here I am, use me. Whatever that looks like, here I am. Here I am. You want, it doesn't matter what it is. I'll do that. I would rather do something small than nothing at all. I want to do something. What can I do? How do I do it? How do I get involved? How do I make a difference? How do I bless somebody? How do I help somebody? How do I take the load off somebody? What do I do to make a difference? Imagine if everybody did it. I said to, I, I think I might have been talking to Kurt once. I said, imagine this, right? When you start a church, it's tough. Like there's nine of us who say yes, and then we've got to try to figure this thing out. And it's cool because people start coming and they're like, let's build. And then they come and they come and they come. And, and, and eventually the ratios change, right? There's nine of us who were serving nine. Now then it can be nine serving 20. Then you might have 10 serving like 30. And eventually the ratio changes so dramatically that when somebody goes through something, we go, ah, good old Kurt, eh? just drifted from the Lord. No, the dude has, has been singing relentlessly from the beginning. And the minute you see a glitch, then it's like, well, he's just lost his fire, hasn't he? No, he's, he's wrecked while we just take, 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 take. Now imagine a church that's got a thousand people. Fast forward, you've got a thousand people, everybody does something, just one thing. Man, you would fight for an opportunity to serve. You might not serve more than once in a year. But we can't get our head around that because we've never seen it happen. My uncle was telling me, he told me once, he said, Andrew, uh, we, we can safely say categorically 95% of our church serves. 
He said, I roster myself on to serve. I get one opportunity in a year to serve in the car park. One opportunity. Otherwise, it causes chaos. Because other people will go, that's unfair. He got more than one. <laughs> Think about that. That's crazy. All because everybody came together and did something. It's amazing, right? Yeah. I'm believing that it's possible. Yeah. And so church is just like a toolbox. And together, all of us tools can create a masterpiece, basically. And I'm really keen to see what God could do. If instead of just, I don't want to be a hammer, I'd rather just be a screwdriver. Instead of that attitude, we'd say, just show me what to hit. Just show me what I need to do. Point it out. I'm coming for it. And I want to encourage you to stop minimizing what God's doing in your life. Stop minimizing it. You're the only one doing it. He never did. He thinks it's very important. You think it's useless. He thinks it's vitally important. And, and, and the only thing you get, if a body isn't functioning together, it's disabled. And the only thing a disabled body gets is a parking closer to the door. Right? But that's it. That's all you get. That's, the, that's what disability gives you. And you get some discounts. I don't want the church to be seen as a disabled body. I want the ch people of the world to look in and go... There is something about those people that is different and awesome. Amen? Do you want to see it? And are you prepared to pay the price? Because it will cost you something. Amen? Come on, bow your heads. I want to pray for you quick. The truth of the matter is I... Um, the thing that frustrates me... A lot is that many people have just, they've been so burnt out and so hurt in church that they don't want to be part of it. And if I'm honest, I actually get that because I've been there. I think I was talking to Warren once and I said to him, why have I got to go to church? I'm also tired. I'm also sore. I'm also damaged. Why do I have to go? And he said, because you haven't raised up another preacher yet. You're the only one, bro. If you don't turn up, who's going to do what God called you to do? I know you got hurt. And it's not okay. Don't let that hurt rob you of the future that he's got for you. Make a decision, I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to be mindful and I'm going to think about things. And when I see other people going through what I went through, I'm going to step in and see what I can do to help and support. But don't let people rob you of the future that God's got for you. If you're tired, I understand. I've been there. But what you did and what you're doing is significant in the kingdom. Every time you text that person, every time you reach out to that person, every time you pray for that person, you wonder, is it enough? I'm telling you, it is more than what you think it is. Don't let the enemy minimize the things that you do. They make a very, very, very big difference. And the future for you is bright. 
and it's big and it's expansive. And God's going to show you what's really possible this time. Really what's possible. And the dreams that He gave you are possible and the visions He gave you will be realized. You're going to see what God can do. Everything to this point was not a waste. It was setting you up for what's to come. Time to take hold of what's to come. Take hold of it. It's for you. And you're going to be blessed in that. Father, I pray that wherever there was hurt, that you would just heal that hurt up. Don't let that thing fester any longer. Let it be healed and cleaned. And whilst there might be a scar, never let it be something that causes the rest of the body damage. Let people rise now and take hold of all that you've got for them. Let them excel in the areas where once they felt like they were held back and drifting. Give them faith to believe that the prayer they prayed is possible still. That person, that family member is coming back. They are coming back. You're going to stand in awe of what happens next. Those kids that have drifted, they're coming back. Those friends who keep saying no, they'll eventually say yes. Everything that you touch in the church, you're making a difference with. Every dollar you give makes a difference here. And God wants to do something supernatural in and through us all. All of us. So prepare yourself now for what's to come. Say, God, I'm saying yes to you this evening. Yes to the future you have. Yes to the dream you gave. I'm going yes to going another round. Yes to putting myself, to risking it, to put myself through it again. I'm going to risk it. I'm saying yes to that business that you said that I should start. I'm saying yes. That book that I'm writing. I'm saying yes. There's a whole lot of yeses that need to come back to you. While your head's about, while no one's looking around, I just want to ask anybody here who just feels like they have just drifted somehow, they're not where they should be, or they've never given, you've never given your life to the Lord. And you're sitting here and you just feel like, wow, I need to give my life to the Lord right here. A God who loves me that much, I'm all in. I'm saying yes to Him. I see your hand. Maybe you've just, for whatever reason, drifted away. You just feel like, all right, I need to come back. I'm going to hit the reset button. I'm coming back. I'm going to run for Him. If that's you, I see your hand. You can put it straight back down. I'm not calling anyone forward. I just want to know who I'm including in this prayer. One more time, if that's you. I see your hand. Great decision. Great decision. Maybe your hand didn't go up, but you, you feel like I'm, I'm still making that decision. I want to let you know that what God's got for you is not necessarily going to make sense to everyone. Not going to make sense. But there's a reason He wants to do something supernatural in your life. And the people who look in on day one might question why or how or what are you doing? But at the end, they're going to look and say, wow, 
I'm so glad you did. So Father, I pray for every person as they're making this decision to come back to you or for the very first time. Let it be that the future that they have is far brighter and far bigger than what even they dreamed. I pray for protection over them and for a boldness to keep fighting forward in all they do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.